You're listening to the Quietly Ambitious podcast, and this episode is one from before we rebranded. So if you hear references to Creatively Human, that is why. I hope you enjoy the episode. You're listening to Creatively Human with honest conversations about what matters to us and how it really feels to build an online business, put our work out into the world, make an impact in our own unique way and importantly to get well paid for it. I'm your host Ruth Poundwhite, business mentor to quietly ambitious humans. Before we dive into the episode I just wanted to invite you to carry on the conversation over in my Facebook group. We have such a wonderful community of ambitious and thoughtful business owners and I also regularly go live there to talk all things business from a perspective of getting well paid to do the work you love in a way that suits you and your values. You'll find the link in the show notes or just search for quietly ambitious business owners over on Facebook. And if you resonate with the podcast, you are most definitely welcome. Now onto the episode. Today's interview is with the lovely Jane Lindsay and we are talking about all things woo. So basically our experience with some kind of woo practices like visualization, tarot, exploring our intuition and things just happening when we set the intention that they would happen. I've been wanting to talk about this on the podcast for a long time. Obviously, there's some kind of fear of judgment there. Like I know not everyone's into the woo, but when I mentioned it on my Instagram last year, a lot of people said that they're really open to talking about the woo or they have fun talking about the woo. And actually, Jane and I are both kind of skeptical about it, but also have fun with it. So I thought it was quite a good starting point for the conversation. And actually, before we dive into the episode, I'm going to do something a bit woo for you right now. So I've got one of my angel oracle card decks here and I'm going to pick a card and I'm going to ask you to reflect on it. Listen to the episode and then come back and reflect on it. So I'm literally picking this card as I'm recording this. So I use these oracle cards to kind of get in touch with my intuition, as you will hear in the interview. And the card I am picking for you right now is... Appetite. I'm not how, sure how to pronounce that, but it's the name of a crystal. Progress, not perfection. Oh man, what a good card. Um, don't compare yourself to others or judge yourself. Instead, focus upon how far you've come and all that you've learned. So what can you read into that? That would actually be a really good journaling prompt. How far have you come and what have you learned? I'm just going to open the booklet to see if there's a bit more about that. Um, it says, this card is a sign that you may be holding perfectionistic judgments about yourself that are blocking you. Perhaps there's a fear that if you or your work isn't perfect, you won't receive what you need. So that is just the perfect card, right, for any business owner. So yeah, progress, not perfection. Reflect on how far you've come and stop comparing yourself to others. Anyway, I'm going to give you a little background about Jane and then we're going to dive straight into the episode. So over the past two decades, Jane has been a gallery curator, a teacher, a florist, a market gardener, designer, embroiderer and online shop owner. Now she uses all the things learned in her various careers to help people slow down, to connect with the seasons and transform their lives through doing small, joyful things consistently. She lives and works in rural Scotland, right on the edge of Loch Lomond and Trussox National Park. She also runs a popular membership community called Snapdragon Studio, which guides people through making things, growing things and connecting with the life they want. And you can find her at snapdragonlife.com. She's also on Instagram at snapdragon.life and Facebook with the same username. So let's dive into the woo. 
Can we start by talking a bit about how you were introduced to the world of woo and what does woo mean to you? Because I know it's a massive topic. It is. Well, I'm slightly bizarre in that my introduction to the whole world of there being something that isn't the conscious brain, which would probably be my definition Mm. of woo, um, was state-sponsored in that it was 1992. I had just graduated and I was signing on the dole, but I had also got three voluntary jobs because my feeling was that I could get the job that I wanted best by volunteering in various places. This meant that I was really, really bad at doing all the things that the job centre wanted me to do, applying for like random general jobs. So after a lot of agro, they decided that they would send me on a a day's workshop in Glasgow to try and sort of um, buck me up a bit. And the morning was really dull. It was all about getting your CV seen. But the afternoon was taken by somebody who did neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, which was the first that I had come across that. And at the end of the day, they gave everybody a copy of Tony Robbins' new book, which was called Awaken the Giant Within. And that is all about the power of the subconscious brain and what is out there and how you can start to influence that. And that just blew my mind. I mean, when you reread it now, it's really quite cheesy Mm -hmm. and it's very obsessed with money. Yeah. But that was the first time that I had even considered that there was something else that wasn't to do with exactly what I knew I was thinking. Something else that wasn't to do with what you were thinking. That's interesting. Yeah. And what did that lead to having done that? Did it change anything for you at that time? It, It certainly changed the way that I dealt with issues in my life. So, I mean, very quickly after that, I got my job straight from my volunteer job, as I had expected to do. But a couple of years after that, I became really unhappy. I had a health issue that we thought at the time I was going to have to have a hysterectomy. And in the way that these things often happen, I went from being this very career, career, I want to be a museum director kind of person to all I wanted was to not be having this hysterectomy and to have a very different life. Um, And I went back to Tony Robbins at that time and this idea that if you can tell your brain, the universe, whatever, exactly what it is you want by writing it down, by journaling, um, then that will happen. Um, It seemed a bit of a long shot at the time. Um, But I got a notebook and I wrote down exactly what I wanted in my life. You know, I wanted to live in the country and I wanted two children and I wanted to work for myself and this kind of thing. And then I was incredibly lucky and I managed to have an operation that didn't involve a hysterectomy. And I put the notebook away and I carried on in my life. And it was actually only um, when we moved here, which would have been 10 years later, that I found that notebook in a box. And every single thing that I had written about had come true. You know, I had two children, we'd moved to the country, I started working for myself. Now, in that 10 years, I hadn't had a kind of a game plan. It felt to me as though everything happened by chance, but it obviously didn't, to the extent, you know, that I was, I had a vintage van that I sold flowers from, and I talked about having vintage vehicles in this notebook. It, w- it was very, very bizarre, because... I think that for sort of like certainly five years after I'd written that, I I just went back to 
being my kind of a type very practical very pragmatic oh, kind of person and i hadn't seen the note but because it had been in a box of books while we had moved, and we had moved house twice and it had never been unpacked so so that kind of blew my mind a little bit yeah that's really interesting so my introduction to the world of woo was more the regular as in <laughs> it was the book the secret which is what everyone that seems to be loads of people's introduction yes. to woo right and it's and people have very mixed feelings about that book. And I do as well, because it's very over the top. Um, some of it is a bit like I consider dodgy in terms of like when you're pe talking about people having illness and like how they bring it about themselves or, you know, people in the world who have bad things happen to them. I find that side of it really hard to get my head around. Um, yes. I guess I should explain. So the book The Secret is about the law of attraction and how... I don't know what's the best way to describe it. The, you, like what you said, you can um, choose and tell the universe what you want and you can create it from that. Um, and The Secret was like a really, really massive selling book and a, and a documentary. And yeah, that was my introduction to it. And it did blow my mind at the time because I'd never thought of anything in that way before. I have no idea. I guess the reason I started reading it is probably because I had started my online business and I feel like... You know, when you get into the world of online business, you go down all these rabbit holes. And that was one of them, the kind of law of attraction manifesting side of things. But I didn't really, I'm a very like, I'm very sceptical in some ways <laughs> and very practical. And I just liked, my feeling around it was, oh, I just like listening to this. It makes me feel quite positive and like empowered that I can achieve the things I want to achieve. And it's sort of like raising my energy around it and that's what I like so I kind of saw it as that if you see what I mean yeah um, yeah I mean because I guess what you're talking about is is the kind of law of attraction stuff as well well I think that one of the problems with this whole kind of topic is that subconscious brain and law of attraction and there being some kind of creative conscious uh, like um, communal consciousness that we all share or there being a higher being or you know all of these things they're all the same thing it just depends on ourselves as to how we would choose to see it so like you I'm quite a skeptic I'm an intensive intensely practical person so the idea of a subconscious brain I can cope with that that feels doable to me <laughs> yeah. because I, I know we have a conscious brain I know we have a subconscious brain, though we don't know exactly how it works, but I can get my head around that. The idea of higher powers or the universe as a more kind of amorphous thing, that I find much, much more difficult to get my head around. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. However, there are times that I kind of come up against things that you think, how would that even happen if it was just a subconscious brain? You know, it seems to be something from outside that would happen. I was wondering whether there's anything that had brought you up against your scepticism, that things had happened that you could find no explanation for. Well, I guess that's the thing. Like, I can always find a some sort of explanation, but I still like, I don't know, that's the thing. So... The thing that all I always think of when it comes to this kind of question is basically like my business journey. And it's always just things have just happened. And sometimes 
you know, income has just increased. I haven't done anything different. It's just increased when I've decided that I want to, you know, do a specific thing. So, for example, for me, that was I wanted to go traveling. And before mm-hmm. I made that decision, I was earning uh, like fairly low. When I made that decision, my income just increased massively. And then I made this, um, we got engaged and we were going to pay for our wedding. The income increased and it was there. The money was there. And then we decided to buy a house and the money was there. And it's like, you could say that that was because I like set my intention and decided what I want out of life. But you could also say that because I had a goal, something happened in the subconscious and I just worked a bit differently, even though it didn't feel like I was doing different things. It could also be a coincidence because I had been working on my business for years and maybe that was just the time for it to come up. Although the fact that it happened so obviously oh and it happened again when I was pregnant so I was saving for my maternity leave so the fact that it happened specifically around those events I mean I don't think that's a coincidence but at the same time I don't know how much to think of it as the universe or how much to think of it as I was being intentional about what I actually wanted and I made it happen do you see what I mean I do I do absolutely it's it's like um sometimes in life things happen it's like catching a wave hmm you know, and it does look as though it's all external coincidences. You know, you may decide to do something and then you meet somebody at a bus stop and their cousin, you know, has an opening doing that. And then suddenly you find a tax rebate that you'd forgotten about and that will fund. And all of these yes, steps yeah. kind of look like magic. Yeah. But often... You can think, well, you know, maybe you were just so enthusiastic about your idea, you spoke to the person at the bus stop about it. Whereas normally, if you're an introvert like me, you would just keep quiet yeah. at the bus stop. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and then you're casting around for money and you think, oh, actually, there's that bit of money. And so so I do, I do think in my head, I can put this all down to just, yes, your idea of it being intentional. But I know that at times in my business um, where I have been really, really worried about a decision that I am making, there have often been really bizarre things of synchronicity that I have chosen to take as a flag that I'm going in the right direction. So the most recent one, this is about five months ago, um, when I had to make the decision that week as to whether I was going to really shrink my business or and and lop one side of it off completely. Now, I I put together quarterly craft kits and the one that quarter had been making little notebooks. And as part of it, we had included um, sheets from Punch magazine. And I had ended up with a whole load of these Punch magazines left over. So I had said to the people who got the the craft kit that if they wanted some of these extra copies, I would just put them in the post to them. And there was about eight people took up that offer. Um, my assistant randomly selected ones from this pile, sent them off to people. And the next week, I got a message from somebody who'd said that her father-in-law had been round when they had arrived in the post she'd given him to him to read and the top one had been his birthday issue now that just seemed to me to just be how many coincidences would you have to have it was a weekly magazine so you wouldn't have had every day every year we had selected them randomly she was just one of 10 people um so i just took that as a kind of a flag 
that I was on the right direction. It was just like one of these bizarre things. But that is completely woo. Yep. You know, but that is also maybe just me going, oh, I need some kind of confirmation. And here's this weird thing that's happened. So I'll take that. Yes, I guess. As it. my confirmation. Yeah, yeah. I do that. I've done that with, you know, there's the classic like clock thing where it's like 11, 11. Yes. And I had a period of time where I just kept seeing it. And I definitely believe that the, the more you sort of notice something, the more you will notice it. So there's that yes. side of it, too. And that is a thing. There is like science behind that. Um. But also, it's just so funny because I just kept seeing it everywhere. And then I was on a call, like a coaching call, and I was saying to my coach, like, oh, you know, I'm just choosing to believe that I'm on the right track. I just keep seeing 11.11 everywhere. And then I got, I was on a video call. I picked up my phone and I said, I just pick up my phone like this. I turn it on and I was like, oh my God, it's 11.11. It was just like, it was literally 11.11 as I was describing. (laughs) And obviously you can definitely explain that, right? And I think with the numbers, actually, it gets a bit too you can easily see because that's going to come up on the clock twice a day every day (laughs) so but I just think that was really fun like just seeing that in the moment when I was literally talking about it and I happened to just be reenacting it and it was 11 11 on my phone just things like that are really fun and I I think sometimes it's really nice to just believe that there are signs out there that you're on the right track whether it's true or not I feel like it's fun and it helps you to I guess, especially in business, it helps you to just move forward because a lot of the time we stall and we overthink things and we maybe actually feel something, but we're afraid to admit it. So if we have things like that, it can maybe just keep that momentum going. It can help us trust ourselves a bit more. Yes. Yes. And I think right, it's like that thing where you you toss a coin, but it doesn't actually matter. Yes. What the result is. What matters is what you're feeling about the result. Yeah. Yeah. Would be. And I suppose that's exactly the same thing that, you know, you're looking for confirmation, you get confirmation, you think, yes, I'm on the right track here. Um, Even if it's just something that you're made up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, And actually, as you were talking about these things that happen, it reminded me of a couple of things. So I play this board game, Settlers of Catan. Basically, the game is you have you roll the dice and there's different probabilities of different numbers because there's two dice so obviously like some numbers will come up more than once on a set of dice so like seven and some numbers will hardly come up like 12 or two um and i just i have this thing when i'm playing this game that i say in my head what number i want the dice to be and it happens so many times that it is the number that i'm saying in my head so many times and i know again that that is it is like well, probability wise, those numbers are going to come up, you know, eventually. But it's really, really interesting. And I feel like I have so much fun with it, with the game. And I'm just okay with saying, right, I want a three now. And it comes Mm -hmm. up. And it's just everyone is always like, Ruth, you've done it again. It's like a thing. And um, I know it's silly, but sometimes it does make me think, I can just have fun with it when I'm playing a game and it's all fun. But why can't I just decide things like that with, su- with such like ease and fun when it comes to like goals in my business, for example? And I think that you're, you're right. You mentioned earlier about this, this connection between running a business and discovering the woo side of yourself. And I think that it's a coping mechanism for the fact that none of us know what we're doing. Yes. Yeah. So to have this idea of there being something that's slightly random and external to us, but that we can draw on so that it's not being bossed about, because obviously 
you run your own business because you hate being bossed about. But there is something that you can get confirmation of your own feelings from. Yes, I love that, actually, because I feel like, I mean, I guess running any business, but especially when you go, because I know you've done a lot of things, but on the online stuff, when things are changing so quickly, they seem to change quicker than real life. But um, I feel like it can be really hard to trust yourself. You, you know, there's always like the next thing, isn't there? Like the next marketing trend or like everyone's doing this, maybe I should do it. And it can be really hard to make decisions sometimes. It can be really hard because not only are there so many decisions you could possibly make, but also, like you said, we don't know what we're doing. We're sort of carving out our own unique business. No one's telling us what to do. On the one hand, we don't be, want to be told what to do. But on the other hand, we kind of do because it's so scary. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. And it becomes a way of just tapping into your intuition and ignoring a lot of the things that are surface that are changing. Yeah, yeah. And um, I actually, I've been trying to find out whether intuition, because um some of the stuff that sounds woo isn't actually that woo. That's the other thing. Um, I've been trying to find out whether intuition is really like a scientific thing. And what I found is, and I haven't done like tons and tons of research, and obviously I'm not a scientist, but I did find some scientists talking about it. And what they said was that intuition is absolutely real, but it comes into play. It's more like trustworthy the more experience you have behind it. So they gave an example, I think, of like a firefighter leading a team and in a really bad fire. Um, I listened to this in a podcast episode, so I'll have to link to this in the show notes. But um, they gave an example of, a, of someone leading a team of firefighters and how obviously there's sciencey stuff behind how fires develop but something bad was happening with the fire it was developing but you can't see this you know it's it's in the background you you don't know it's happening and then it all explodes or something and he just had a feeling he got everyone out of there and then it all went up and exploded and they were describing that as a really clear um uh, sign of his intuition and they're saying that actually scientifically what it was was probably some very 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 subtle um, signs of it that we can't really necessarily see but he had been in that situation so many times that he just knew his body knew before or his like subconscious brain knew before he could really think about it and I thought that that was really interesting um, and on the one hand that makes me think yes we should trust our in intuition and on the other hand it also makes me think it's okay to like test things and make mistakes and strengthen our intuition over time yes and the other thing that I find about intuition I don't is more like being a sensitive person and that being you know when you walk into a room and you can tell that there's been an argument even though nobody is arguing mm -hmm. and again I think that that is just you pick up on something that you can't consciously see but your body knows that there's been something going on or um but in some ways that bit kind of clouds you it, it gives you too much information mm, yeah so what I think that a lot of the woo things are, you know, the sort of like visualizations or, you know, people who use tarot cards or so on, um, it's collecting that intuition together in a formal way um, so that you're in control of it rather than it just being too much information coming into your head. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And how do what do you do in, to access that kind of intuition? 
Um, I would do visualizations. Um, so there was, a, well, there still is a, ch- a chap called Jack Black, uh, not that Jack Black, <laughs> who um, ran, runs a course called Mindstore, which I found uh, when my children were toddlers and I really needed to relax a lot more. And I discovered him because there's a lot of stuff that is to do with reducing your stress. But he also has a very detailed visualization sequence that is walking to a house and then there are various rooms in the house and you can have discussions with people um you can see cinema kind of things and you can program what you're wanting that kind of thing so i tend to use that kind of very structured visualization to go and have conversations with imaginary people right yeah um or actually often real people who I feel have particular skills, but obviously I'm imagining them in my head. Um, and then just see what that conversation develops into. So it's, it's like um, an active dream, I suppose. But you've already, you've taken yourself down into uh, a state where you would more actively access your subconscious because you're very relaxed. There's a kind of like a formal relaxation sequence that starts it and then then you go up to your house and you work out what you're going to do do you do this on a regular basis i do you're you're meant to do it every day which i don't do um but i do do it certainly one or two times a week and what happens when you don't do it like if you fall behind you haven't done it for a while um like do you feel it i don't really i tend to use it as a as a remedial technique but I do know that there are lots of people who do use it every day and have amazing results with it. And and particularly people who are maybe sports people and they, you know, they use it as part of that kind of visualizing themselves when kind of project. Um, because it would be what, about mid 90s, I think that it was starting. And certainly uh, Jack was using it with lots and lots of sportsmen and I don't know, CEO kind of people. But I think I use it in a different way and I use it just to access that what am I actually feeling about this and if I did have a chance to speak to you know these amazing people what would I ask them and what would they say to me (laughs) what do I think in my subconscious that they would say to me and advise me yeah I like that Um, and can you think of any examples of some things that have come up or decisions you've made based on this kind of visualization or things that you've achieved and that you've figured out in the visualization um I did it a lot because I changed my business from being really kind of a a high sales personalized gifts business um and I wanted to walk away from that and that brought up a lot of feelings of you know, here I'd spent, you know, 10 years building this business and it brought in a good income and it was very society approved of that business. You know, um, I hit on my targets. I had, you know, impressive sales and all of the kind of things that society likes. And I just wanted to walk away from that. Um, and I had a lot of worries that maybe I was just walking away from it because that's what I do, you know, Um or because I couldn't take, you know, that speed of business or because I was lazy or um, couldn't hack it, get out of the kitchen, that kind of thing. And visualizations allowed me to have discussions where I would say these things and then just sit with that space 
and have my subconscious in the form of, you know, Oprah Winfrey or whatever, um, tell me that it was actually all fine and that I was going with my values and my soul and it was actually very brave and, you know, it didn't really matter what I thought other people felt. Whereas I, I couldn't have that discussion with any actual friends because they would reassure me in a different way. If you know what I mean, because they're my friends. Yeah, I can see that. And I that's really interesting because I actually, my husband found a visualization online recently and I can't remember what it, I mean, I don't know where he got it from, but it was, it was something to do with visualizing going to a special place and then someone who you really admire comes in and mine was Brené Brown <laughs> and they tell you something about yourself and I can't even remember what she told me but all I know is that she totally reassured me and I felt very reassured after that visualization it was very powerful um so it's kind of I totally forgot I just done that the other day as well when you started talking yeah. about visualization so I do do these visualizations every now and again although I have never tried it in I don't think to the level that you've described um and I feel like that would be a really interesting exercise. Yeah. And Tara Moore does a really good visualization with the, the future self. Yeah, I really like that one. Um, and I think that that's because she asks you, you're given something at the end, aren't you? And I found that really interesting because I was given a pink tourmaline, which I'd never heard of. It's a gemstone. Um, and then when I looked it up, it was to do with philanthropy. Oh, that's and so interesting. At that point, I was considering setting up a charitable foundation, which I went on to do. But it's quite possible that at some point in the past, you know, 50 years, I have read something about pink tourmaline and it's just been stored there. But to come out, but it certainly it was a surprise to me and I went off to Google. I think that's still amazing, even if that, you know, it's totally scientific explanation that's still amazing isn't it like the power of the subconscious brain to hold on to that and for, for it to come up at the moment that it meant something to you yeah yeah um and it, it is because of that it, i this is why i think these things are really powerful because they shock you and they reassure you yeah yeah so I was going to talk about something woo that I have done recently um, um, because we're talking about intuition and the different mm. ways. So your your way is mainly visualization. I offer I use um, like oracle cards and tarot cards and I don't really know what I'm doing, but I do know that it really helps me. But one thing I did recently is I paid someone to do a tarot reading for my business for a year. And that was very, very interesting. It was so much fun, which I just think is part of the whole thing as well. Like, let's have fun with this stuff. If it's mm. fun, then that's good too. But also, so she did it for the whole year. Um, I think I got it back in September of 2019. Um, and, you know, it, I I'm not going to go into like what she said for every month, but there were some key things that she said Um and this is the thing, like, do I believe that she can tell the future and tell me what's going to happen in my business? Not really. But do I believe there's value in what she's sharing? And it gets me thinking differently. Definitely. Mm. Um, and yeah, she talked about November being difficult. And um, she was, she wasn't, she didn't know, as she was describing each month, she didn't know what was coming in the months after. But she was like, you know, something good is probably coming after this, because that's the way it works. <laughs> and yeah. um well, that's very reassuring. I know, isn't it? I know. And then, and then December was like amazing. I got a lot of um, major, what are they? Major Arcana cards, which are like the big things, rather than the like they're like bigger things that happen in your life or whatever. And um, 
and it was just it ha- and and in December she said you know this is a good month to try things you can do no wrong and I mean hearing stuff like that is so powerful because I have experimented loads in December and I t- I think what it did was it gave me permission to do the thing I wanted to do anyway because she was saying as part of my tarot reading that I can do no wrong you may as well experiment and put things out there. And I was like, I wanted to do that anyway. And now I'm going to do it with a bit more confidence. So I just think, yeah, I don't know what to make of the whole thing, but I totally think it was worth the money. (laughs) (laughs) Well, presumably people who do tarot readings, they don't just come up with, oh goodness, November is going to be difficult. December is going to be even worse. Oh, don't even go out in January. (laughs) You know, which I could see would be quite um, problematic as your business forecast. But this idea that, you know, things come and go um, and focus and confident. Yeah, yeah. And obviously she takes, I mean, she gave me a lot more information than what I've said here. I should say that. But um, she takes the general themes and she puts her spin on it and I put my spin on it. I know what it means to me. She doesn't know exactly what it means to me. Um, And yeah, and I do like card readings for myself as well so for example angel cards I'll often just like because sometimes you know it comes back to that whole like business owners got can do all the things what shall I do what's the right thing to do and I'll sometimes just like that's the way I connect with myself and my intuition pull a card read the message think about how it relates to me and what it means to me I mean sometimes it's something really obvious like I don't know like you need to I've got one card that's come up a lot of times about visiting the ocean and I found it really interesting and I live near the sea and I don't always visit the sea as much as I want to so in my intuition I knew that yes that's part of why I'm doing what I'm doing so that I have like I I need to create some more space in my life but yeah sometimes it's like a message like be of service so I'll like literally journal on that like how can I be of service today and and it just brings me back to firstly what I really want to do and secondly like it always makes me come up with new ways to share with my audience as well, like the thoughts that are on my mind and stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my way of doing it. Do you ever pick a card and then go, oh, no, I don't like that one and put it back? No, um, because I've decided that that's because if I did that, I'd probably just do it loads, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It usually means something. Sometimes it doesn't make so much sense. But, yeah, it usually does when I dig into it. And you journal around the cards sometimes I do sometimes I don't yeah and sometimes I've had a card that I've thought I need to like I've gotten the card out and like pinned it up because I'm like this is I need to remember this for a while like so I had one recently that was like make space for daydreaming and I was just like oh my goodness that is exactly what I need (laughs) um but yeah I've got I do journal and I I tend to journal more especially when I do like a tarot spread because I'm not use I'm just like a complete beginner right so I don't know what everything means and I look things up and I think about it a lot and I think that when you do it more you get to a, a even more like intuitive place from it and you and you can like bring up the meanings of what it means for you a lot more easily but because I'm still a beginner I find it really useful to journal um yeah journal around it and I've got like a specific tarot journal that's got like some tips for doing it and some different spreads and things like that so that does help me but um I go through phases as well of not really doing it much but I do think I do feel better when I do these things more um but yeah apart from that do you have any other kind of rituals you do in your business like maybe just like a really small day-to-day thing or a bigger thing um 
I don't do rituals so much, but what I have found interesting is that over the last year, the moon has become much more important in the way that I see those 28 days. Now, I part of it, I think, is that there is much more awareness of that anyway. But also, I'm now perimenopausal. So my menstrual cycle never fitted with the moon at all. And I think that it is because that is weakening that the moon then becomes much more obvious in its cycle and the way that it affects you or affects me rather. Um, so for example, today is that we're recording this, it's a full moon. And I have obviously I have this recording and then I have a meeting with a friend who does my graphic design to go right the way through everything and, and actually work at anything. Then I have a mentoring call and then I have a meeting with a friend I would never put that many peopling things now into something where it would be a new mm, moon mm. and I know that you said you've got all of your podcast recordings on this day mm, as that's well interesting. You know. yeah. it's also for me a good time in my cycle right so you're obviously very well aligned there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so I so I think that 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 and certainly I know my my husband used to work in psychiatric ward and they had so many more issues with people at full moon um with violence and so on and we yeah. we had difficult neighbors once and every time they damaged our property it was full moon wow um so I do think that these things are you know I would much rather the fact that I recorded podcasts and had nice conversation with people than um go damaging property but I do think that there is a big energy shift through the month now and I am attempting to work with that now rather than work against it so it's some sort of forward planning where you yeah. kind of put as much as you can schedule things in on those dates yeah um being visible and having good conversations are the things that I have a lot of energy for at around about the full moon mm -hmm. um it's not necessarily to do with visibility or launching things. It's yeah. more valuable for me, those kind of two-way conversations. Um, so I do try to stick as much as possible um, in there to take advantage of that, you know, four days where I will chat a yeah. lot. Yeah, and that sort of ties into the cycle, like what I said about my stage of the cycle as well. Um. I I used to grow cut flowers commercially and I did look into moon gardening a lot at that point um, because there are many, many people find it fantastic. However, it's largely based on the movement of water in the ground. And I, I live in the west of Scotland, so we have water coming down all the time from rain. So I never felt that it was, you know, the rain has a lot more effect on the plants than water in the ground. So in the end, I didn't do more than a year of that. But I did think that it was fascinating, all of the scientific evidence now that is coming in to support a lot of these sort of intuitive practices. That's so interesting. And also, that's the thing with the moon, right? The moon is a physical thing that affects us personally and like the earth that we live on and that's the other that's the thing like it seems woo but actually for me connecting with the moon is me connecting to the natural world and 
you know, obviously not every woman has a 28-day cycle or not every um, person who has periods has a 28-day cycle, but that is the kind of average cycle tied to the moon cycle and I find that really really interesting and sometimes I like you know when it's a full moon just standing outside and looking at the moon and feeling the light of the moon and it sounds so woo and part of me wonders if it just seems woo because it's just like a feminine thing that women are like I know it's not just women who are interested in the moon obviously but it does seem like a more feminine thing to think around the cycles of the moon because it does relate to the cycles of the feminine as well and but really it's not. It's just nature. I don't know. I feel a bit like, yeah, it gets me a bit ranty. <laughs> yeah, I think that it is just nature. And certainly um, at any full moon, you will you will hear dogs howling, um, you know, and dogs are, you know, they, they react to the fact there is a full moon. Maybe it's light. Who knows? Um, but all of these things have a reason. I think that the term woo is used I I don't know did it start off as a derogative term I think so I tried to find out it was hard but I did google it and it sounds like it was definitely derogative yeah because I think that it it is used to kind of encompass a whole load of things that we we intuitively feel there is something going on there but we can't yet scientifically prove. And I think that more and more of these things are being scientifically proved. You know, now that there are uh, brain scans um, that can track which parts of the brain light up, we have discovered a lot more about the way the brain works. Things like the uh, scientific experiments with crops as to when you plant them and so on have shown that the moon does affect them to some extent um so all of these things are gradually being proved it's to do with your intuition and that is so often just noticing things Mm -hmm. yeah um and often handing it down in traditions and my feeling is that from you know the 17th 18th century the emphasis on science as opposed to tradition and intuition meant that people almost reacted against that natural intuition that had come down through centuries millennium um, and just relied on things that you could prove in an experiment um, and that that has then caused this this feeling you know that people are witches or um, deluded weird, weird hippies um, often women um, and that is how it has become derogatory. But really, being open to woo is just being open to there being things that you don't know. And I think that, that in terms of being businesswoman, that is an essential thing. Oh, yes, it is so essential. Um, because particularly in this internet world, where so many businesses are about connection um, and putting yourself out to connect we don't know what we're doing um and you have to be open to magic happening Mm, uh even though you don't have a formal business plan as to how that is going to happen yes exactly and when you're open to magic happening it just makes things easier because you could for example launch something and it could not go the way you want right and 
you could just sit down and think, I'm a failure, that didn't work, I'm a failure, I'm going to quit. Or you could think, this is going to lead to something else. Or the people who were interested and didn't take me up on it are still, like, something's still going to happen there. The wheels are in motion for something else. I just don't know it yet. Or, you know, I'm going to be open-minded and I'm going to learn from this and I'm going to do it more my way next time, you know? I just feel like... And a lot of us just don't even know what's possible with our businesses. Like, we have no idea what's possible. So how can we control all of that? And and that requires dreaming mm-hmm. and formalised dreaming and accessing intuition, accessing your experience is basically what all of these things that we've been talking about as woo actually are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, obviously, there's so many other kind of woo things that we could talk about. But obviously, we've talked about our own experience, like there's all kinds of treatments and um, processes that people go through. But they often come down to the same things like accessing your intuition or letting go of the stuff that's like, bothering you and opening yourself up to the magic i read a book um originally called breeding sweetgrass by robin wall kilmer yeah i've yeah. got that wrong you um is it Kimmerer? Kimmerer? it might be my husband just read that book so yeah and it was it, it's a fascinating book but one of the things that she says in it really is a throwaway remark is that we are all descended from indigenous people mm. So that tradition of intuition and living in nature is in all of us. And I found that incredibly powerful, that we are all part of nature in that way. It's just that we've got all of these generations where that has been ignored. Yeah, that is powerful. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I need to read that book. (laughs) Okay, so... We've been talking for a while, so I'm going to wrap things up. I'm going to ask you a random question from my deck of random questions okay. <laughs> and it is what's the best compliment you've ever received or what would be the best compliment you could ever receive hmm. um i got a handwritten letter from one of my studio members uh in september and in that she said that she enjoyed being a member because and this kind of surprised me because I thought, you know, it would be all the stuff we do and discounts and all that kind of thing. But she said that she enjoyed being a member because she felt that I saw her. Oh. And that, I think, well, that was the best compliment that anybody could give me because that's all that anybody actually wants to have in the world is to be seen. So to be able to do that, give somebody that, I thought was amazing that they had felt that um, from me because that's certainly that's what I try to do. Um, yeah. That is amazing. And I feel like that's such a good thing to, you know, tie into the whole online business stuff. I mean, this is in relation to your business, but like that, if we can do that for our people, then they're never going to forget that. And they're going to choose us, even though we're not like, we may have our own imposter syndrome. We may not think we're the best. We may do things that other people do similar things, but honestly, like the ability to feel, to make people feel seen and to connect with them on that level it's just going to mean they're going to choose you every time. But I also, I think that it is, that shows the wonder of the internet it and is. how it is real. Yeah. Which, you know, a lot of people uh, complain a lot about, you know, social media and that whole kind of thing. But I do think that it is real, proper connection with real, proper people. Yeah, I totally agree. And I've certainly, it's certainly been a huge part of my journey in like, 
owning who I am and putting myself out there. And I feel like the community has been such a huge part of that. So yeah, what an amazing compliment for you, your community. What's your best compliment? Oh my goodness. You've put me on the spot. Um, the thing that came to mind, and maybe this isn't the best one, but is when people told me that I was kind. And it's really funny because I never really considered myself as kind. I always considered myself as being, you know, a bit of a stressy bitch. (laughs) 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 And it's just nice to hear things because I do consider myself kind in my heart, but it's just nice to hear when people see things that you don't know if you're if it's just inside or if you're actually showing it on the outside, if that makes sense. So, yeah, that's what came to me straight away. It also shows that you should always give people compliments. Yeah. Because it makes a difference. It does. Yeah, you're right. And I have i don't think I've been very good at giving compliments or receiving compliments in the past. Mm-hmm. But I do try and do it more now. Yes, I think it is a skill. I think it's it comes down to your own sort of self-confidence and self-esteem and, yeah. It's all mixed up with all that stuff as well. Okay, well, thank you so much for this chat. I hope that it resonated with people. I'm sure it will. And I know that when I, because I reached out on Instagram at first before you booked in and I was asking like my followers in my stories, like how many people are woo? And like basically everyone says they're a bit woo and a lot of people don't talk about it. So that's why I really wanted to do this episode and just especially talk about the intuition and stuff. I think it's so powerful as business owners. Well, thanks very much for inviting me on and it's been wonderful to chat to you. If you want to find out more about Jane and her work, make sure you visit her website, snapdragonlife.com and you can follow her on Instagram at snapdragon.life and find her on Facebook as well. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Creatively Human. If you have a moment, I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review the podcast. It really does make a difference. And if you'd like to carry on the conversation or ask a question for a future Q&A episode, there are three ways to connect with me. On the Facebook group, on Instagram, at Ruth Poundwhite, or my personal favourite, my behind-the-scenes newsletter. Just go to ruthpoundwhite.com forward slash newsletter to subscribe. And keep doing what you're doing, because your work really does matter.